Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello all of you beautiful people, Jules here for WhatCulture.com and finally we've got the latest title, we've spent our hard earned money, we've got it home, we've taken it out of the wrapping and we've popped it straight into the console of choice and oh god it sucks, no I just spent my hard earned money on this. This unfortunately is a very typical scenario my friends, so let's take a look at some terrible games together today as I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com and these are 8 terrible video games we all ended up owning. Number 8, Enter the Matrix. Back in May 2003, people couldn't get enough of The Matrix. The third film hadn't yet come out and tainted everyone's perception of the IP, and so a Matrix video game was basically a critic-proof slam dunk. Enter the Matrix, though, was not a good game by any stretch of the imagination, as even beyond its bug-riddled, stilted gameplay, you were forced to play as one of the two underwhelming Matrix side characters, Niobe or Ghost, rather than Neo, Morpheus or Trinity, you know, the big three. Yet, The Matrix was such a hot commodity that the game nevertheless went on to sell absolute gangbusters, ultimately shifting 5 million units worldwide. If you were a teenager playing video games in 2003, you definitely owned this thing. And the tragic irony of all of this is that the effortlessly superior 2005 follow-up, The Matrix Path of Neo, was an infinitely better game, albeit still flawed, but apparently sold poorly enough that its commercial performance was never ever publicly reported. Oof. Number 7. Tomb Raider The Angel of Darkness Tomb Raider is one of the most bankable action-adventure game video IPs in history, and for many PlayStation owners throughout the late 90s and early 2000s, it was simply a given that they'd always be able to pick up the next adventure in Lara Croft's ongoing story. But with Tomb Raider The Angel of Darkness being the series' first mainline entry in three years, and also Lara's first foray onto PS2 hardware, expectations were through the roof for a groundbreaking next-gen upgrade. Yet The Angel of Darkness is a deeply, deeply terrible game, clearly rushed to market in 2003 long before it was ready, and remembered less for its impressive visuals and more for its array of bugs and poor controls, combat and, well, camera and everything, everything. It's a thin, incomplete sketch of a promising game that clearly needed far more time in the oven to achieve its potential, yet largely thanks to a gargantuan marketing campaign and the sheer success of the PS2 itself, The Angel of Darkness still sold pretty well out of the gate. Ultimately, it went on to outsell its predecessor, Tomb Raider Chronicles, 
shifting 2.5 million copies and entering the PS2 Platinum range for high-selling titles. Note here that the Platinum range does not always indicate quality. Number 6. Connect Adventures On paper, the fact that Connect Adventures sold 24 million copies and was the best-selling video game on the Xbox 360 seems practically inconceivable, considering how few Xbox 360 owners are likely to actually remember it. Released in 2010, Connect Adventures was a game that came bundled with the first iteration of the Connect motion sensing peripheral, which sold 24 million units throughout its lifetime, in turn ensuring that the game itself posted the very same numbers. But like so many in-pack games like this, Connect Adventures is really more of a glorified tech demo to show off the Connect's capabilities, or lack thereof as it might appear, than an actual substantial experience in its own right. The five included mini-games quickly became tedious, making it painfully clear why the game was relegated to this pack-in status, because nobody would actually pay a full retail price tag to play the bloody thing. Still, the numbers don't lie. Millions of people likely have copies of this game collecting dust in their attics to this very day. Number 5. Duke Nukem Forever Duke Nukem Forever, or Duke Nukem Taking Forever as many came to call it, is perhaps the most infamous and prolific case of a game being stuck in development hell in the industry's history. Announced in 1997 and finally released in 2011, the long-awaited FPS sequel unsurprisingly failed to deliver a game worthy of such an epic weight. With hilariously outdated graphics, boring gameplay, tons of bugs, and a tonal throughline which failed to move Duke into the 21st century, through and through, Duke Nukem Forever was a product of its laboured development and per its agonizing simplicity could have easily passed muster as an early to mid-2000s first-person shooter. And though the game originally stumbled out of the gate commercially, it eventually proved to be a commercial success according to publisher Take-Two Interactive. The reason for this can actually be chalked up to just one thing. Morbid curiosity. Duke Nukem Forever has been so widely discussed in the game's media for 15 years or so that its near-mythic stature made buying it feel like owning a piece of gaming history. No matter how poor the end result, was, for many, they simply had to have this game after waiting so damn long for it to come out. Number 4. Red Steel Now, on paper, Red Steel should have been a promising and exciting game for the Nintendo Wii launch lineup, a high-octane FPS in which players could use the Wii's motion controls to fire a gun and swing a katana at the same time. Now, Red Steel wasn't the worst game released during the Wii's launch window, but it certainly was the most disappointing, largely due to the frustratingly unresponsive motion controls, generic level design, atrocious AI, and a litany of performance issues. Despite wildly mixed reviews, Red Steel still sold well for the Wii, shifting over 1 million units during its lifetime, largely off the back of those craving a John Woo-inspired action extravaganza on their shiny new console. But as is so often the case, the 2010 sequel ended up faring far more favorably with critics. Yet, because Ubisoft Paris had burned bridges with players the first time around, Red Steel 2 didn't sell nearly as well as its predecessor, and it killed the franchise dead. Brilliant. Number 3. Star Wars Battlefront 2 so as it stands right now, Battlefront 2 is actually a pretty damn good game. They've done a lot of work to bring this up from the muck that it was covered in upon its release. But still, that release window was absolutely groan-worthy. So in 2015, the original Star Wars Battlefront reboot was widely criticized for offering up a bare-bones package of maps and modes, not to mention a lack of a single-player campaign. And so EA promised that the 2017 sequel would be far more content-rich. But of course, its actual launch was a 
PR disaster for EA, largely due to the intrusive microtransaction encouraging loot box mechanics uncovered by critics during the review period. And though EA actually removed these mechanics, the damage was already done, and was further worsened by the fact that EA had just this utter contempt for their own customers, viewing them as little more than an ATM machine with a pulse. But despite all of the huge online vitriol pointed towards EA and Battlefront 2, it still sold a staggering 9 million units within the first six weeks of release. That is insane. Above all else, this demonstrates the massive commercial pulling power of the Star Wars IP, and that as much as people moaned about EA's disdainful treatment of their player base, many of the said complainers still threw down their cash and bought the game regardless. And that's the worst part here. That is where we become part of the problem, because we're basically rewarding them for terrible, terrible business implementations like this. Shame on us? (laughs) Number 2. Aliens Colonial Marines Prior to its actual release in February 2013, Aliens Colonial Marines was one of the year's most anticipated games, with marketing suggesting that it would be one of the few worthy games titles to make use of the Alien movie franchise, delivering up a worthy sequel to James Cameron's Aliens, with actors from the film even lending their voices to the project. Yet, Colonial Marines was ultimately released to scathing critical reviews, ripped apart for its generic missions, underwhelming graphics, bug-filled gameplay, and worst of all, its janky xenomorph AI, often rendering the supposedly ten sequences unintentionally hilarious. And as we all know now, a lot of Colonial Marines' is, 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 is development had been outsourced to third parties, and a class action lawsuit was later filed declaring that players had been misled by earlier gameplay demos, which suggested a far higher quality product. But despite all of this, Colonial Marines was a shockingly good seller, offloading more than 1.3 million copies in its first six weeks on the market. Terrible reviews and negative publicity be damned, apparently. Seemingly, for many Aliens fans starved of quality video game content, even a dumpster fire like this was better than nothing at all. Thankfully, Alien Isolation was only around the corner. And what a game that was. And number one, Carnival Games. Though Carnival Games wasn't a pack-in for the Nintendo Wii, as you might expect, it was nevertheless marketed to appeal to the broadest subset of players possible, namely your younger siblings, your parents, and even your grandparents. The game delivers exactly what it says on the tin, an array of carnival-themed minigames which are decidedly less diverse and enjoyable than venturing out to an actual carnival. Again, the limitations of the Wii's motion controls at the time, or rather the developer's inability to take advantage of them, rears its head once more. And that's not to ignore the risable graphics and repetitive gameplay loop. But despite all of this, Carnival Games sold 7 million copies across the Wii and DS, making it the third best-selling third-party game on the entire Wii console. Truly, it's a testament to the fact that even lowest common denominator quasi-shovelware could actually sell well on the Wii. Thanks to its massive install base and how brilliantly the control appealed to those who would never call themselves gamers. But you know what? That doesn't excuse the fact that it's still a terrible game, but unfortunately one that many of us likely owned. Cheers, Nan. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.